I'm Rehard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 251 for the week starting 10 February 2019. Talk Central is brought to you by techcentral.co.za. You can WhatsApp the show. The number to use is 071-999-1111. On Talk Central this week, the Minister of Communications interferes with an SABC news crew. Also on the show, Microsoft really wants you to stop using Internet Explorer. Mm-hmm. MTN's Jumia is said to be planning a New York IPO, and Microsoft goes all in on gaming. It's Sunday afternoon. We're live streaming at live at techcentral.co.za, and it's time to talk everything technology. Welcome to the show. How's it, Rechart? How's it, Duncan? Very good, thanks. How's your weekend treating you so far? Uh, yeah, quiet, nice, relaxed. Quiet, but it's quiet only, weekends like, are good weekends. <laughs> yeah, quiet weekends, but it's end of the weekend, so that's not good. Yeah, not, quite, not quite carte blanche time yet, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to, I don't watch carte blanche anymore, but I used to get so depressed <laughs> when it came on because knew, I knew that was the end of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. I think I, I think I actually stopped watching it in part because it was making me depressed, just the thought of tomorrow's Monday, you know. No, yeah, very much. And that Sunday night movie never really helped no. ease the pain. No, it didn't. Yeah, no. It didn't. But, uh, yeah, let's dive into this week's tech news, and there's quite a bit to talk about. But uh, before we get there, let's do our quiz. The first question. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos this week published a sensational blog post saying he was being blackmailed by which publication, which threatened to publish nude images of him. What a story. Uh, which, <laughs> crazy. which two Kenyan telecommunications operators are said to be planning a merger to take on dominant provider Safaricom? Third question. Eskom began lurching again on Sunday for the first time since when? And uh, which cryptocurrency exchange may have lost $200 million in clients' investments after the company's CEO passed away, taking the keys to its digital wallets with him? Man, there's a lesson, business lesson for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And the last question. Huawei has used uh, artificial intelligence from its smartphones to create a completed version of which famous symphony? Also a very cool story. Yeah. But we'll get to the answers to the quiz, as always, at the end of the show. But uh, let's dive into this week's news. And um, (laughs) bizarre story that emerged last night. Uh, Minister of Communications. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch the video um, that the SABC posted on YouTube. But oh, no, no. The ANC was having a provincial election rally, I think it was, in um, the Eastern Cape, Mount Freer, a uh, rural part of the Eastern Cape. And um, mm. apparently what happened was the SABC was, was present and, and filming uh, the uh, occasion when a, lot, a large number of disgruntled ANC supporters um, stormed into the venue, uh, pro- loudly protesting against service delivery issues in the area. Now, what it appears happened is the Minister of Communications then walked up to the SABC camera crew and put a hand over the the camera uh, and instructed them to stop filming. Uh, um, what? <laughs> which is, That's ridiculous. Which is completely bizarre. Uh, I mean, she. the first thought I had was this, when I re- saw this story um, emerge was that um, she thinks she has operational control over the SABC. Um, and there's a distinct impression created that she has no respect for the SABC's editorial independence, which is, I believe, um, codified in South Africa's constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, but she swiftly issued an apology on Twitter um, saying that she regretted the incident and that she respects media freedom in South Africa. Um, but it, does, <laughs> it really does, does make you – I mean, it was, really was a faux pas on her part um, – but it does make you wonder what her frame of mind was when she did this. Um, does she think she controls mm. the SABC? Does she think she has the right to, uh, to, to as the minister, to order the boss the SABC around? Uh, it certainly, you certainly get the impression that she felt that way. Um, it's, you also, it's also very clear that she realized the error of her ways quite quickly when she issued the apology, and, and kudos to her for doing so. But still, uh, you know, the SABC is 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 meant to be uh, uh, separate from the executive arm of government. It's a state-owned mm. enterprise. It's a public broadcaster. But uh, c- can you imagine 
if this happened in the UK, for example, imagine the, the British Minister of Communications or whatever that that title happens to be in the UK put his hand over a camera of the BBC, a BBC <laughs> news crew. I mean, can you imagine the outrage? <laughs> I mean, yeah, especially because it's, uh, but I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, the fact that she did it obviously means, you know, that was, she, she had the intention to not want to share that. Maybe she put ANC first. And, yeah, she uh, clearly did. Um, that's kind of how you get to this thing. Apology or not, she kind of played that card, you know. Yeah. I don't. I don't think if you were really a, if you really are a independent person within your within that role, you wouldn't have stepped up to them. You know, you wouldn't have ever done that. Not even I if mean, you understand you the, the the constitutional. Constitutionally enshrined independence of the SABC and its editorial, and she should know that, right? I mean, it's she's the minister of communications. Well, exactly, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, so so for her to do a faux pas, I mean, it 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 yeah, it, it, I think biggest so belief, original's intent, yeah, biggest belief. I mean, if it was if it was maybe a smaller event and maybe a lesser news crew was there or a smaller news crew, hmm. she probably could have gotten away with it. Right. I don't know, but I mean, kudos to the SABC <laughs> for standing up to her and reporting this. Well, exactly, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess we're speculating now, but it, yeah, it should never happen, not from somebody of that uh, in that position. Yeah. But uh, I, I think <laughs> it's it could, a lot of kudos must go to the SABC and the journalist uh, involved who was reporting this, who who um, you know who then went live on air with Peter and Dora, who's the anchor back in the studio, uh, to explain what happened. Um, you know, there could could have been blowback. There might still be blowback, but um, the SABC just decided, you know, this is a serious incident and we need to report on it, which is exactly what mm. they did. Uh, SANEF, the South African National Editors Forum, has since condemned the incident and requested a meeting with uh, Ndebeni Abrams. Uh, but, yeah, kudos to the SABC for standing their ground. Yeah, it's nice to see the SABC's, the, the news department has for a while now really been doing some interesting things. And yeah. I've... It's good to see that you know they've they've really picked up some in uh, some of the top news people in South Africa too. Yeah, so they have. Um, uh, yeah, kudos to them. Yeah. So uh, there we go. I'm not sure what else we can say on that subject. Uh, it's just, just it was just a bizarre development. Um, came out. Look, I, I do hope something happens, and and uh, yeah, I mean because it, this can't happen. You know, mm. this can't happen again. And also, if it goes to the state of mind of the person in charge, doesn't it? According to According to question, her, uh, her, is she really the best person for that role? Exactly. Um, she hasn't been in that role for very long. Uh, she was the formerly the Deputy Minister of Telecommunications and Postal Services and formerly the Deputy Minister of Communications. Now, she's, of course, um, in charge of merging these two departments now. Uh, Ramaphosa, the president, announced um, well, a couple of months ago now that those two, two departments will be merged into one, and she's going to head it up. Of course, there, there are rumours of a major cabinet reshuffle happening after the next election, which is now, we know, scheduled for the 8th of May. Um, Ramaphosa said in his State of the Nation speech that um, they're looking at a reconfiguration of government. Um, and uh, the talk is that there's going to be a drastic reduction in the number of cabinet ministers. Mm, good. Uh, fantastic and, news. Yeah, that's fantastic news. Um, but, um, yeah, I, 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 perhaps, uh, perhaps this is too speculative, but one wonders if she would have rushed out that apology so quickly uh, if um, she wasn't keenly aware that um, there's a major cabinet reshuffle happening in a couple of months' time. <laughs> exactly. But that's why these little things need to be taken further and just kind of – it needs to be looked into, I think. I mean, I don't mm. know what the outcome should be, but you know, we can't have these little things happening. I mean, that's why well, that's why most of government is in the state that it is, because people aren't, you know, again, looking at the best, what's in the best interest of the people, not uh, yeah. themselves or the party. Yeah. Kudos to I, I do I do respect her for the fact that she rushed out and and issued an apology, though that was the right thing to do. Um, you know, people make mistakes. Um, maybe we should give her the benefit of the doubt on this one for now. Um, but uh, it's, not, it's not the first time she's courted controversy. You uh, recall just a few weeks ago on Twitter, she uh, told Vodacom to shut up over the Nkwasana Makate, please call me thing, uh, tweet which she later deleted without explanation. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I think she um, she is quite young. Uh, she's one of the youngest members of cabinet. Um, perhaps she just needs to be a little more cautious. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> Oh, man. 
Ah, interesting stuff. Never a dull moment in this country. At least we get another YouTube clip to enjoy. <laughs> I'll be sure to go check that out after this. Yeah, yeah. I've embedded it in the story on Tech Central if you want to um, get, get easy access awesome. to it. Uh, so in other bizarre news, this time on the international stage, uh, Microsoft, uh, the head of security, global security, has issued a, published a blog post really asking people to stop using Internet Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> and my first reaction to this was, who the hell is still using Internet Explorer and why? Yeah, that, that is a very good question. But I think in the same token, there's a lot of people, a lot of machines probably running slightly older versions of Windows too, and those yeah. are the machines. Yeah. Um, probably most vulnerable to this whole yeah, Internet Explorer because most uh, all of the new machines now come with Edge, right? Uh, yeah. With Windows. Uh, Windows come with Edge. So Edge, yeah. these are only old machines. Uh, it's not um, only though, um, as they, as the guy pointed out in his blog post, um, a lot of companies are still using Internet Explorer because they develop these legacy web apps, um, corporate web apps using Internet Explorer, which were never, were never updated for modern web browsers. So if you're trying to run them in Chrome or Edge or one of those browsers, they don't work properly. So you find a lot of corporates are still using Internet Explorer um, for their bespoke web apps that they've developed in-house that haven't been maintained or updated. Mm. Um, and and what Microsoft said was, okay, guys, you can continue using Internet Explorer for that. We understand you've got these legacy applications that you need to use, and they're only supported in Internet Explorer. But please, if you don't do not need need uh, Internet Explorer, stop using it. And please, beyond those web apps, don't use Internet Explorer as your day to day driver on the web, uh, which apparently a lot of people are still doing. Yeah, see, we, we see, we actually now uh, talking about something really interesting, this legacy technology that we never really had a problem with, right? I mean, up until, you know, technology only really became old with mm. the advent of all this fancy software running now. I mean, up until, I think, that, uh, you know, what's it, probably uh, up until XP, maybe uh, 7, yeah, maybe Windows 7 or so, things really became a bit crazy in that front. Um, <laughs> it's, it's something we're going to need to figure out how to uh, solve going forward, you know. This, mm. this, I mean, a lot of businesses, a lot of banks still have this problem with legacy software. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have such a vulnerable piece of um, uh, such a vulnerable app that really is your gateway to your computer and the internet, and it's just causing these problems, um, I don't know. How, I don't know how else you can tell people to stop using it. Yeah. But, um, but I'm sure there's. You're right. No, there's a lot of one. probably a lot of home users who are still running Windows XP or Windows Vista. <laughs> Uh, and you know, people aren't tech savvy, uh, who, mm. who just have always used Internet Explorer and they just keep using it because they don't know any better. No, they don't know anything else. And I mean, it really, if you just use some mails, do some basic web browsing, like so many people do, you don't need anything else than that old beige machine that you bought 20 years ago, right? Yeah. Or let's say 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, I, I guess with, with, you know, everybody's starting to use cell phones more and more, smartphones. The, 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 being able to share that information is going to be a lot easier in the future, you know, yeah. uh, about old tech and, and kind of what to do and what not to do. But um, and I suppose increasingly, I suppose increasingly those home users who um, who do have that beige, old beige box under the desk are increasingly using their smartphones to do a lot of what they did with that PC in the past, like using an, using a banking app, for example, instead mm, of mm. using internet banking on their on their PC, um, browsing the web on their phone, Facebook, all those sort of things. So they're probably using that PC a lot less than they used to. Mm. And I think a lot of your bank and those things would definitely tell you you can't use Internet Explorer. Um, you I haven't tried it. something. I'm sure it does because I remember there was a time uh, just towards the end of Internet Explorer, my banking um, – page wouldn't work. Oh, right. So, I don't know. It's actually worth checking. I might, yeah, it might be worth checking. But um, I would imagine that the banks would send out notifications for this because it's such an unsecure browser now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've also announced they're stopping uh, support for all versions of Internet Explorer. I think pre-version 11, which I think was the last version. Was there a version 12? I think there might have been a 12. I think there might have been a 12, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, Internet Explorer, if you're still using it, um, although I, I strongly suspect not a single person listening to this podcast uses Internet Explorer as their primary browser. <laughs> but there might be I one. Think <laughs> they might. Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but you're right. It, it, it's just with cell phones, if with, you know, yeah, people are using it less, are using their, 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 their PCs for this type of thing. less. doesn't yes. make it any less secure, Yeah. Um, especially when they go into Facebook with it. Yes, yes. 
I don't know. Oh, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, I've, I've um, you know, being tech savvy, you end up. I find I end up sometimes supporting people who are not tech savvy at all. So you know, mm. you go to a friend's house and they've got an old computer, and, and it's actually terrifying when you fire this thing up. You go to Windows Update, and they haven't installed updates in like three years. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a scary reality too. I mean, there's a lot of people like that who don't need anything else. You know, yeah. they, they print out maybe some work that they've done some research for, you know, school work or whatever, some office work. Yeah, we we are we are we we are very privileged with our kind of yeah tech savviness, um, and I'm sure most of our listeners too. Yeah. But I'm sure most of our listeners are also um, tech support for their extended friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> true. But, yeah. Very true. Very true. So uh, there we go. Internet Explorer, it's loud there. I actually, as a matter of interest, I went into uh, Google Analytics on Tech Central to have a look at what percentage of our um, readers were accessing the website using Internet Explorer. And it was uh, down to 0.4%. Um, well, that's interesting. So there was one hit to that site maybe a while ago or two. <laughs> well, quite a few actually. Zero point four percent of our total traffic is, is still a fairly significant number. But um, you know, if you looked at that two or three years ago, it was probably sitting at ten percent. So it's almost gone. It's almost that gone. I, th- I think if you look at a if you were a, a general news site like News Twenty Four or something like that, you'd probably still find Internet Explorer is 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 higher than quite a bit higher than that still. Mm. Um, I guess old laptops too. I mean, a lot of old laptops where you wouldn't run any of the new Windows. I mean, you'd just be running Windows 7 because nothing new would run on it, right? Yeah. And I've seen a few old notebooks floating around. So, yeah, yeah, interesting times. Are they still hold out to use Windows 7? Um, I, know, I know there was a lot of resistance, uh, particularly amongst the gaming community, to moving to Windows 10 from Windows 7. A lot of people said, well, no, we're, not moving, we're not upgrading. We're staying with Windows 7. Um, no, not as much anymore. Not from mm-hmm. not not really from anything that I've heard recently. Um, but there are I have heard of people that don't want to upgrade to the, the new Windows for for development reasons, or they have something that they're running that can't. You know, it's just a, a custom setup of something that just can't run on new Windows. Okay. Um, yeah. So to, I guess old hacks <laughs> old hacks are going to die hard. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm one of those people who who gets um, FOMO if I don't install the latest version immediately. It comes it comes out. What, what do you mean? There's a Windows update available? Install now! Install now! <laughs> do it now! Automatically install. What are you talking about? Uh, but like I found out to my horror, with, when when you when you transfer this or when you look at this scenario within the gaming sphere. So I've got I play PUBG and it records. I record a lot of my gameplay footage that I use for certain videos and things just to throw some background clips in. Yeah. The other day when there was an update. I didn't export any of my hottest gameplay moments for the last month. Yeah. Well, I saved them into PUBG, but I didn't export them. So with a new update, I couldn't play back any of those old clips. So they're all kind of wasted now. Oh no. So yeah, even with even with updating the, to the latest, I mean, there's there's always a reason why you might want to hold might want to hold off for a day or two just to check. Yeah. I know a lot of people you, who hold off for a, for a couple of weeks after a major update is released just mm-hmm. to make sure there's no. And we had an incident with Microsoft pushing an update that was bricking people's computers last year. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. You see, it it, it could happen as long as your data is backed up. I mean, we kind of live in the forefront of tech, so we everything's in the cloud. We do need to experience these things, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should really not be running all of our production machines with all the latest software, but we do, of course, <laughs> <laughs> living dangerously. But you're right, um, every, everything's in the cloud. I automatically save all my documents that I'm working on in OneDrive. So, um, mm, you know, mm. if, if uh, my he- my hard drive was to, the heads were to crash or something, I would lose all my data. I, I actually wouldn't care. I'd just put another hard drive in, install Windows, and I'm on the go again because everything's, exactly. everything's in OneDrive exactly. or, or Google Drive. Yeah, it's a fantastic it's a fantastic time to be alive, Duncan. Yeah, how did we cope before the, before this? <laughs> before I, mean, the, I don't know yeah. how I lived with with our Dropbox. I mean, yeah, having all my most important data available on all my devices, mm. it's it's just made such a difference. You know, it's, it's mm. essentially having that external drive just everywhere. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick ad break. We'll be back right after this with some more news. Let me level with you. Everyone's got flippin' fast fiber. That's how it should be. You need to live beyond speed to hack your life, to take your life to the next level. Everything's smart. Everything's instant. Forget TV subscriptions. Educate yourself. Start your own business. Do more. Be more. Okay, Dad. So, can I get Fortnite? With connectivity, voice, IoT, business solutions, and so much more. Get smart. Think smart. Level up with Vox. Visit vox.co.za and level up today.
Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity. For business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Well, welcome back to the show. How's it, Brehart? How's it, Duncan? Very good, thanks. So, um, yeah, uh, MTN's Jumia, they're the largest shareholder in Jumia. Have you, do you know Jumia? They, um, mm. they own Zando in South Africa, uh, I think. Uh, if you go, certainly if you go to Jumia's website and, and click South Africa, it goes through to the Zando website, so I presume yeah. they own them. Um, they're very big in Nigeria. They're almost like the Amazon.com of Nigeria. Started by two French guys. And uh, uh, they've they've done well in some African markets, uh, e-commerce mainly. Um, and they're planning a listing on the New York, uh, or in New York, I'm not sure which uh, stock exchange they're going to float on. Uh, but they're talking about a listing uh, that would raise uh, one, I think, one and a half billion US dollars. Hmm. Um, so a, a very successful a, a African uh, unicorn. Um, so businesses with a, startups with a valuation of above a billion dollars are, are unicorns. Yeah, uh, and um, they're, they're planning a listing. And uh, the talk is Bloomberg reported this week that um, that MTN may look to sell its stake as part of uh, you know through the IPO process. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna potentially use billions of of rand from um, that they, they'll get through this IPO to reduce their debt, which is at quite a high level at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see a, um, an African success story of this scale. Um, mm. Um, it's be interesting to see if they proceed with that listing. Um, it's a pity they're listing in New York, but uh, and not a, an African stock market. Maybe, well, maybe they'll have a secondary listing. It's not mm. clear yet. It's all rather speculative about their plans. But I guess for the tech space, a lot of guys do have their eyes on on you know the bigger economies. Yeah, and uh, I suppose the their listings. tech tech companies uh, certainly are attracting very high valuations in the U.S. at the moment. So maybe that's the rationale behind considering a New York listing. Mm. Interesting stuff. At least I don't have to worry about paying uh, paying some please call me services. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> the money doesn't have to be raised towards that purpose. <laughs> and the last story this week is something you picked up, Rechart, about Microsoft going all in on gaming. This sounds quite interesting. Tell us about it. So, I mean, you know, the uh, for the for the last many many years, the, the conversation around bridging the various platforms uh, for gaming so playing on one one console with a pc game or another you know or on your phone with a xbox player or whatever yeah so those kind of plans have always been floating around and and with you know with the likes of steam um you know the networks of obviously uh, sorry not steam with, with some games uh, you can now there are some games on steam that you can actually play across um, multiple platforms um, but microsoft in the latest update has um, started showing uh, plans and um, included features to bring Xbox Live to other platforms. So they want to run Xbox Live on iOS, Android, Nintendo, um, Switch, Xbox, and then obviously Windows. Um, so they're clearly going to provide a platform similar to a Steam with a back end that allows you know anybody on any platform to play against each other. Now, the problem is what they've, what they've picked up so far, one of the main issues is that um, some of the... Uh, um, you know, there's these anti-piracy uh, software that runs so that, to make sure that people, like Battle.net, to make sure that people don't... Um, DRM software. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The DRM, yeah, and to check that all the files on and, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's still not working properly within this platform. You can imagine there could be a lot of <laughs> a lot of issues around that because you don't just have one platform that you can re relatively easily lock down. Yeah. Um, although cheating is still a very big thing regardless of these uh, measures in place. But yeah, Microsoft is, 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 you know, stepping up again. I think taking gaming a lot more seriously now. I mean, I speak to so many people on a daily basis. Some of them surprised by the growth in gaming and others are diehard gamers, new and old. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely become more of a lifestyle. It's really interesting to see them going cross-platform like that. It's the new Microsoft. I mean, it's Microsoft mm. Office on the iPad is an absolutely fantastic piece of software. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a first-class citizen now, whereas in the past they didn't even consider that platform. You know, they happened to have one for the Mac, but it was never 
um, it was never on a par with the Windows version, mm, but they're, mm. they're very clearly going for a multi-platform strategy now. Um, so it's not just Windows, Windows, Windows anymore. Exactly, and that's what we needed. I mean, they, they were so stuck in that thinking, trying to make every machine a Windows-based machine when they should have just been, I mean, yes, they had the strongest platform, but you know, as time progressed and they kind of lost their, their edge, this is the best thing that they could do, and, I'm, and and the quality of their stuff has always been the quality of their software and the hardware has always been good. So, mm. um, with this kind of with this kind of thinking, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of interesting things coming back from them, and hopefully some 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 proper Microsoft peripherals. You yeah. never know, you know. So this um, this update uh, operating system update, I presume this is just for people in the in the in the dev testing the the first yeah, rings. Uh, yeah, yeah. So in the yeah within the the testing program, um, yeah. the develop developers testing program. Um, so it's uh, not out yet, but uh, look, with, within this year, we'll definitely start seeing um, more active, more active things on the on the on the gaming front from from Microsoft, without yeah. a doubt. And, and this and this is a hint to it. I mean, you just need one or two partners, maybe a phone partner like Samsung usually is with some of these brands. You know, mm. when they produce a new phone, oh, we've got Microsoft Xbox Live on here, first phone to do so, bloody bloody blah, blah. So I think we're going to see some stuff mm. coming from Mobile World Congress um, potentially. Well, I don't know. Do they announce gaming stuff at that? They might. I don't. I don't know. It's well, well, it won't be a main announcement. But mm-hmm. if 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 a brand like a Samsung, you know, launches a feature set and say, talking, you know, coming later yeah. this year, for, uh, Microsoft mm-hmm. um, Xbox Live on our platform, mm-hmm. launching or something, they would definitely want to take that opportunity. So we're heading into the next console cycle quite soon. The PlayStation Five is is rumored to be coming out in twenty twenty. Uh, mm. And uh, there's the um, and Microsoft is is reportedly working on uh, what I see many websites are terming the Xbox Two. I don't know if they'll call it that. Uh, no, I don't think so. But but I, I do wonder whether this move by Microsoft is a smart one that'll help um, the Xbox gain ground against the the PlayStation. In the, in in the current console generation, it's it's very clear that Sony has the upper hand. They've been doing very well. Great mm-hmm. exclusive mm-hmm. releases. If if I was going to buy a, a console, which I'm not going to, but if I was going to buy one, mm-hmm. I almost certainly go for the PS4 over the Xbox right now. Uh, but uh, that maybe that's going to change, especially with um, Microsoft doing stuff like this. Well, this is you hitting the nail on the head, and they've got they've got the platform, they've got Windows machines, they've also got a very strong uh, console crowd. So if you can match these things together, you, I mean, you own the hardware and the console. The console is a fantastic piece of hardware, yeah. but it's essentially a PC, right? All of these consoles are just PCs. Yeah. So technically, being able to do this isn't a stretch, and and that's the one thing that consoles always lacked. I mean, it's improved a lot over the last few years, but uh, over the last decade or so, you know, with online play and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but PCs always still reigned supreme. You know, a lot of the games, um, in terms of technical capabilities, um, PC gamers are still PC. Oh, gamers still prefer PCs in in many situations, many scenarios that, uh, with guys that I speak to as well. Yeah. Um, but the console, you know, I guess the only thing, well, it's, it's not really a thing anymore. The controller, because you can use your keyboard now with. Um, it's up to the game developers to incorporate that. But with the Xbox, you can use your keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Um, for gamers too, so it, the, the line is definitely um, blurring a bit. Yeah, and, and, you, and you can it, and you can use an Xbox um, controller on PC as well now. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's no reason to maybe opt for one or the other. A console is cheaper, definitely. A PC is more expensive in many ways, and you can upgrade. And there's so it depends on what your underlying goal is. But I've had many, many happy years of console gaming. Um, yeah. And it's diffi- it, it, you can't really say one is better than the other. If, if you really enjoy the games you're playing on console, um, it's the best thing ever. So it three depends. preference. Yeah, it, it really depends on, on the type of game you're playing. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're home alone uh, and, and you want to do some gaming, you're probably going to want to do that on a PC. Uh, but if, you, if, you've got a, if you've got friends around and uh, you're playing more of a social game, uh, then you're probably going to want to play it in your lounge on your, on your console. Yeah, perhaps. But there are a lot of, I mean, a lot of, a lot of gamers would have in their, their, their room or their study or whatever, they would have a small screen with a dedicated mm. uh, console. console set up there. Yeah. Um, similar like you would have with a PC game. Um, but yes, the, 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 the lounge element of it, the more social element of it is definitely console's domain. Yeah. Um, without a doubt. 
Um, and con- but consoles are easy to use as well. I mean, I remember I lost my love for PC gaming a few years ago because it just got pricey and drivers, and I, start, I battled with a few games. It just didn't want to run properly. Yeah. Then Xbox came along, and I just had a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, there's no doubt that PC gaming is a major investment. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But once you've got it, I mean, you know, now you start doing a lot of other things. Your PC is a multi-purpose, so my yeah. machine also renders a lot of videos. So, yeah. you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a business expense, and it's a... You know, it's yeah. a, like a nice downtime relaxation tool. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I suppose if you don't, you know, if you don't use your home PC for that sort of thing, if you're, you know, an office-bound worker, you come home in the evening, um, you might prefer a console, especially if you're a casual gamer. Yes, yes, definitely. No, no, that consoles make so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um and they're just easy. The update, the updates happen automatically. You don't have to worry about them. You know, you, you either play, or you don't play. Like it's there's no yeah. driver update required, and it's going to crash before you can play. It's, uh, yes, it's, it is. <laughs> it's easy. Great stuff. Well, that takes care of our news this week. Rechot, um our uh, picks of the week. It's all on you again for a second week in a row. I'm afraid I have been casting about. Oh. I've been casting about for a pick, but uh, clearly I'm not playing with enough gadgets. I need to. I need to get some more gadgets in my hands. Uh, yeah, definitely. Because um, I, for the second week in a row, it's all up to you. Okay, well, it's, it's no pressure. It's it's, it's, it's it's yeah. Look, I mean, <laughs> it's, let's just. I wasn't going to go for anything overly dramatic. Um, you know, you know the love of RGB within the new, the PC gaming culture. Yes. RGB everywhere, and I don't know how it happened and why it's such a such a fascinating thing. But I, for one, love it. I, I just. The colors just make everything slightly better in that sense, you know. It makes hardware look slightly nicer. It makes your PC look like something out of a 1970s disco. Exactly. And there's just uh, there's just so much you can do, <laughs> especially with, with nice RGB lit uh, RAM, for example. But not all hardware comes with RGB lighting. So what do you do when you want to add RGB and you don't have that? You get the next product that I've picked. It's called the Thermaltake Pacific Lumi Plus LED Strip. And there are three, three LED strips and a controller box that you plug into your PC. Um, and it's, these are beautiful RGB LEDs. I mean, they really produce some nice colors. And you can program them in, in a million different ways, um, set them to, to uh, color up depending on the temperature of your machine. Or you can do rainbow effects or pulsing effects. Or I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with the software. You can even install an app and then control it from your phone if you so wish. Um, to configure your lights if you want to impress somebody. Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering who would be impressed by this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, friends. Fellow family. geeks. But you can also use these strips. I mean, they're magnetic strips too, which is nice. So they just kind of slap into nice. the inside of your case. Um, but a lot of guys also actually use these and put it behind their screen against the wall because you can also stick them, stick them to a piece of wood or something. So right. you can actually mount this around your desk, underneath your desk, if you want that hot YouTuber RGB look um, in your in your, in your study. <laughs> uh, the pack goes for or about. Or for Saturday a- nights when you're listening to ABBA. Oh, yes. And then you need to get like a sound to light add on so that they pulse to the sound of the music. Yeah, and right? put a little, uh, <laughs> uh, a little glitter ball inside your case. <laughs> oh, that's the next step, Duncan. Don't worry. I'm just waiting for, for Thermaltake to release one of those. And um, <laughs> done. I'm there. <laughs> so this little thing has got um, 16.8 million colors, 12 LED, physical LED uh, lights that split up into the three strips. Um, and there's various modes, like I said, that you can um, play with. It's a very cool set, and uh, it makes it, yeah, especially if you don't have RGB. But um, I'm actually considering using it around my desk just to make things look a little bit more lively. So, it is, uh, so what, cool. what does this uh, LED strip look like? Can you actually cut it with a pair of scissors? Uh, okay, no, no. So it's, I, I don't know if you've ever been to a builder's warehouse and bought LED strips there. Yeah. These, they look very, you, kind of little square LEDs on this rubberized, bendable strip that's about 20 centimeters long, I yeah, think. Yeah, I've seen them. Um, yeah, yeah, and they interlock. So you can, you can actually interlock more if you, you can buy add-ons. And so there comes the three in the pack, but you can add however many you want to just extend, um, you know, to add on more lights. So this is just, it's, it's very similar to those you find in builders, but these are obviously designed for gaming. It's got the magnetic strip. Yeah. Um, it's, it's black instead of white. Um, each RGB light obviously is addressable with the controller box. Um, so they're not interchangeable. So you can't use this with that builder set because it won't uh, know, you know, how to address the LEDs. Um, I haven't tried it because I don't want to blow the LEDs either. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it makes quite a big difference if you're into that sort of thing, Duncan. If your PC sits on your desk, then you definitely want to get one of these. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll come visit your disco sometime soon and uh, check it out. <laughs> yeah, the keyboard also lights up, so everything, everything RGB. And fire up the BGs. Oh, yes, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hopefully in our next show, I'll be back with a pick. I'm going to be actively seeking something out. I just haven't installed anything, the apps or anything lately that's really grabbed my attention. But uh, Nothing, yeah, hmm. nothing, but it has been a relatively quiet, uh, what's it? There hasn't been anything majorly exciting over the hmm. last few weeks. You're right. That made me go, whoa, I think everybody is holding out for mobile work kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the cool tech bits. Yeah. So, um, what else do we need to do? Uh, I guess we just need to... Oh, winner and loser of the week. I was winner and loser, this. yeah. So, our loser this week is ESCOM for re-implementing load shedding. I think uh, enough said there. Mm. <laughs> uh, luckily, um, neither of us has been load shed today, so we can record this podcast without the sound of inverters and uh, generators and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and um, our winner this week is Jeff Bezos for calling the bluff on the National Enquirer, which is this really sordid tabloid in the U.S., uh, who um, a letter from their publisher uh, to Bezos threatening uh, to um, uh, to publish nude images of uh, nude selfies of, of Jeff Bezos. Not clear how they got hold of them, and Bezos has um, hired private investigators to investigate how exactly they got hold of these images. Um, but uh, kudos to, to to Bezos for standing up mm. and not. Uh, Caving into uh, what it really must uh, looks like blackmail by this publisher, uh, and um, posting a, pub, uh, a blog post on Medium and saying, "Well, damn you! Uh, you know, I'm not going to be bullied and blackmailed by you. Uh, this is the case, and I'm going to put this in the public domain so that people know about it." So, well done to him. Yeah, I hope I take it further though, because this kind of thing also you can't have people. I mean, it's outright legal to begin with. Yeah. I mean, I hope I hope there's further consequences, but. The th thing I wanted to say was, I, I wonder why people take so many nude selfies or yes. nude photographs. And, yes. I mean, that's kind of probably the first thing, right? If you don't want your, that stuff out there, just don't take yeah. it. Well, there, there was that famous incident of, um, of uh, Leah Laporte, of course, the podcast in the oh, yes. U.S., <laughs> who uh, took a picture of um, part of his anatomy, and uh, he was um, on uh, doing a live uh, show, video uh, podcast, uh, scrolling through the photos, I think on his iPhone or his iPad or something, mm. and uh, said picture suddenly appeared. and <laughs> <laughs> In between family photographs. Exactly. Yeah, quite <laughs> <laughs> and he quietly flicked it away as if it wasn't there. Uh, yeah. That was, that was good fun. Um, oh, it's, it's so funny. Look, to each their own, definitely. And, and I, can, I guess I can see the appeal if people like to share that type of thing. Yeah. I would, yeah like, I would never put if, pictures like that on my phone. But especially if you're, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how old these particular pics were, but especially if you're a celebrity or somebody that's in the public domain, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure CEOs around the world were, uh, were well, certainly those who were taking f those sort of photos after this Bezos incident have gone and checked if they've got any of them on their phone and deleted them promptly. <laughs> <laughs> but the, we know they never actually deleted eh? Yeah, they're always in a backup somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, and, so, and I mean, if the hacker stole, I mean, what if the hacker stole it uh, a year ago? You wouldn't know, right? Yeah, that's oh, terrible. Terrible this digital era we live in. Oh, I, I wonder if it came to, if uh, the National Enquirer got these pictures through a cloud service. Well, they, yeah, somebody must have got hold of them and took it to the Enquirer to sell it to them for like yeah. some money. Yeah, especially if Bezos denied if he if he just kind of brushed it off. Yes. If they were contacted first, um, I don't know. Yeah. Sorted stuff. <sighs> he should just publish it himself and then put it out there. <laughs> no, no, please don't, Jeff. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing we need to see all over the No, internet. no, not that anybody wants to see it, but if it's, you know, it loses its value, right? <laughs> True, but <clears throat> yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I need a drink of water. Um, so, yeah, that's our show. Podcast went downhill, yeah. <laughs> Podcast went rapidly downhill there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm away next week, so we weren't not going to have a show next weekend, but uh, we'll catch up again the following week. And then we're hoping to have Aki Anastasiu back on the show um, in a couple of weeks' time. He's uh, off to Mobile World Congress. Um, nice. So he's kindly agreed to come on the show and uh, tell us all about what he saw there. Uh, so really looking forward to that. I think it'll probably be in about three weeks' time now. Um, I think the Mobile World Congress ha- event is happening at the end of this month, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, and early March normally too, mm. depending on how the weekends fall, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, look forward to having him on the show and uh, unpacking everything that happens at this year's Mobile Congress. Uh, we've, of course, got the Samsung uh, Galaxy S10 launch coming up in 10 days from now on the 20th of February. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, looks like Samsung, I mean, there have been so many leaks of this device already, we know what it looks like. Um, they're getting rid of the, uh, <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're not even going to do a notch they're, they're on the Galaxy series. Um, they're jumping straight from... Uh, they're jumping straight to a, a what do they call it a pinhole uh, a camera on yeah. the front, um, which is a much more elegant solution, I think, than the, the notch. Um, but um, rumors that they're going to announce a 5G uh, high-end model, possibly also a folding phone. Um, so we'll, we'll get all the details of that soon. And uh, Huawei has um, also got some big announcements coming up at Mobile World Congress, uh, and they're in a in a battle with uh, Samsung for the number one position in smartphones. So no doubt they're going to come up with some interesting stuff as well. Rumors of a, also of a mm. of a uh, foldable phone, and um, uh, leaks are starting to come out about the Huawei P30. I can't believe it's been almost a year since the P20 came out. Am I the only one that feels that this the, the, it's too quick? We are seeing too many things happening too quickly in, in, in terms of tech. Like we, we kind of lost that one big thing a year, and then everybody just kind of tries to follow it. Yeah. Now everybody seems to be in the same race, and it's just about producing more, better, with extra features every year. Yeah, it's, it's, we're getting tech fatigue well, to, a lot, to a degree. A lot of the companies are in the same sort of cadence as Apple now, though they do a. A major release and an incremental release, a major release and an incremental release. Mm. Um, Samsung. Maybe time's just going by quicker. Maybe that's just, a, maybe it's not, you know, the actual tech cycle. It's just, it, 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 that's true. It's just this, this time cycle seems to be feeling a lot, feels a lot quicker than. Um, yeah. I read a great article recently. I read a great article recently, actually, I forget where, explaining why as you get older, time goes faster, or the, or the perception of time is, it becomes faster. Um, so, hmm. you know, when you're a kid, you know, the summer holidays go on forever. Um, and now the years are flying past as if they were weeks. Oh, yeah, and your reference for time is so much more because you, yeah. when you're a kid, you only have like five years of memories at the age of exactly. five. I think two years of memories. That's what the article said, yeah. Mm. Um, so when you get older, you know, everything, the perspective of time changes. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, and, and adding on to that, I mean, the, the reason why I'm saying with the tech seems to move so quickly because I've got, if I look at the tech that I'm using at the moment, it's fantastic stuff, and I can't imagine what is more, better, faster about it. Mm. And I think maybe that's where I'm also coming from. Like, I really don't see any need to spend more money on new tech. Although, I, as I say that, something's going to launch, and I say I'm going to have to have that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but like with a cell phone, I mean, cell phones, you know, if you get a high-end cell phone these days, it really is just that good. Yeah, provided you don't um, drop it. For sure, for sure. And if your, I guess if your upgrade cycle is, um, you know, in the right time, yeah. you know, this year's stuff will, will kind of come in handy for you. End of this year, you'll get all this new stuff that was released yeah. or launched this year. In the past, I think a lot of people could, you know, we're, we're on the sort of two-year upgrade treadmill. And I think it was in part because the operators had 24-month contracts. But I, mm. I, th- I think people are starting to shift out of that now, and it's sort of drifting to a sort of a three-year upgrade cycle. Yeah, that's where I am. I kind of I, I upgraded last year just because I needed to. Um, even though we were both dead sitting against it, right? Or I would dead sit against it. Now we both have. Well, you don't have a contract. You're still with um, with no. Telcom on your. Yeah, or, no, but I'm on a month to month. No, I'm on a I'm on a contract now. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Um, it's, still, sometimes it's still a month to month. Well, it's not a month to month contract, but what Telcom does, which is nice, is they separate the uh, the airtime oh, from the okay. handset deal. So if I wanted to switch to another network, I'd continue to pay Telcom for the handset nice. for a period oh, of that's 24 fantastic. months. But that's fantastic. I could switch to another operator because that's on a month to month. But yeah, like you said, that three, four year cycle, I think that's, that's true. Mm. Um, but yeah, with all the new tech, I think 2020 is going to be a very interesting year. I don't yeah. know, I've just got to feel I oh, with 5G coming. I mean, 2020 is going to be the year of 5G. And also, we're seeing a lot of maturity in IoT. I mean, we, uh, I've seen a lot of things within the industry of people planning within the next year to do some really cool stuff. Yeah. And 
yeah, all of these little things with the device in your hand, there's a lot you can do with that. Yeah, IoT is very exciting. Maybe a subject for a future episode. Oh, yes. Great. Well, that's our show. Apart from our quiz results and uh, our song pick, which is mine this week, I've got an old rocker. Mm. Um, don't know if you know the song, Rehat, uh, but it's... Uh, from Another one, band, I don't know the song. Yeah, one of my favorite bands uh, of uh, the 1970s. Just showing you how far back we're going this week. <laughs> and no, it's not ABBA. Um, <laughs> but let's, let's do our quiz results before we get to that. Uh, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos this week published a sensational blog post saying he was being blackmailed by which publication which threatened to publish nude images of him. And that's the National Enquirer. Second question. Which two Kenyan telecommunications operators are said to be planning a merger to take on dominant provider Safaricom? And the answer is Telcom Kenya and Airtel. And ESCOM, damn you, began load shedding again on Sunday for the first time since when? And that's 9 December 2018. So it's been two months and a day. <laughs> and the fourth question, and this I can't believe this happened. This is crazy. Which cryptocurrency exchange may have lost $200 million in clients' investments after the company CEO passed away, taking the keys to its digital wallets with him? And the answer is Quadriga CX. What name? And oh. our last question in the quiz this week, Huawei has used artificial intelligence from its smartphones, in fact it was the Mate 20 Pro, to create a completed version of which famous symphony? Now they haven't released this yet, uh, apparently it's coming out later this month and I, I can't wait to hear it because it's going to be mm. very interesting to hear. Um, but the answer is Schubert's Symphony Number no. 8, more commonly known as the Unfinished Symphony. Um, interesting. So uh, yeah, watch out Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're seeing AI being put to task to do a couple of interesting things, but a lot of it is, I guess, repetitive learning. It's kind of it, yeah. it needs to understand something, and we're making AI, I guess, better in that sense. Yeah. It's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. For sure. As always, any feedback on the show that I'm to use oh seven one triple nine double one double one WhatsApp only, please. Um, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, there will be no podcast next week, but I'll be back in uh, – unless Rechard decides he's going to uh, to do one in my absence, which, Rechard, you're most welcome to do. Um, no, maybe, the, maybe there'll be a mystery podcast. Let's a mystery see. podcast. Watch mm-hmm. out for that. Um, but otherwise, we'll be back in uh, in two weeks' time. And we're playing out today with uh, one of my favorite bands of all time from the 1970s, a band called Blue Oyster Cult, American uh, rock band. Uh, of their 1974 album, Secret Treaties. This album, or this song rather, is called Astronomy. Until next time, cheers. Ciao, ciao.
axis of the crisis and the origin of storms. Just a blast to hopelessly encounter time.